Hello everyone and thank you for joining me on this, the very first episode of Dive In with David Waters. Over the coming weeks, I'm going to be interviewing startups, investors, entrepreneurs and visionaries within the world of tech and business who are doing really innovative things and pushing boundaries. So no better way to kick this off than my guest today, Colin Kill. Colin is an extremely accomplished guy being a leader in the areas of engineering, design, innovation and entrepreneurship and has previously been named one of Forbes 30 under 30. Colin, having been involved with many projects and businesses, is seen as a leader within his field. Recently, Colin co-founded the Open Source Ventilator. This is an online community of volunteers working day and night to develop an emergency field ventilator and all our hardware to help save lives and aid in the recovery of COVID-19 patients. So a really important project. Colin, you're very welcome to the show. Um, to kick off, tell us a little bit more about how the Open Source Ventilator project got off the ground. So it got off the ground kind of in an ad hoc manner. I was tagged by somebody in a Facebook post uh, with a community that was being built on Facebook to look at developing open source ventilators. So I jumped on board. I have some experience working in kind of overseas development work around technology in the past. So I jumped on the Facebook group, asked them permission, could I promote it and get more people on board and then help it spread. So overnight, the scale balloon to many thousands of people. And in doing so, it gathered an awful lot of attention in Ireland and an awful lot of people that were had similar motivations to me had contacted me and said, look, let's try and do a more focused team based around Ireland and we can kind of try and develop our own, you know, open source shareable ventilator system just in a more kind of functional closed way. That's great, Colin. Um, following on from that, um, for some of the listeners who may not know, can you tell us a bit more about what open source means? So open source in general is when you develop something uh, with a large group of other people, with lots of different contributors spread all around the world, all contributing to contributing to it. But it also means that all of your files are shared openly for other people to use. You know, it's not a consumer product. It's not for sale. It's designed to be open and shared with people at the end of the process but real open source projects do it throughout the process as well so all of our files and designs are constantly been iterated and all of them are available online on our github and everyone can see and track and get involved in the development of the process regardless of where you are or what field you're in or what your experience level is there's a place in there for everyone to contribute in some shape or form so, Colin, you were saying that from when it started off and um, through the Facebook groups and then it grew, what numbers are we talking about? How fast did this grow? So the original Facebook group was set up in the US and that grew very, very quickly. I think now it's up to 20,000 people on the Facebook group. But we recognized that that number was too large, that there's an awful lot of noise in there. And it doesn't really work from a development perspective, especially when we're developing a medical, a piece of medical equipment, which is very, very specific complicated and needs to be safe so what we did is we focused the ireland group so the open source ventilator ireland we set up a separate kind of activity in ireland based around that and i think to date we've had over four or five thousand expressions of interest we have i think it's over two thousand people on our slack channel and then probably a core team of between 40 and 50 people spread around the world, all working away trying to develop these concepts for ventilators. And we also then have a spin-off channel as well called OSVX, and they're looking at developing other medical interventions, uh, 
uh, infrared thermometers, uh, the 3D printed face shields, bubble chambers, and stuff as simple as even washing guides, guides to help frontline medical staff effectively wash their clothes when they come back from the hospital to minimize any risk of infection. So we covered a gambit from very, very high-end regulated medical devices like the ventilator down to simpler kind of more urgently needed stuff like face shields. Sounds like great things are coming out of this movement already. It'd be great to know a little bit more about what the process looks like from testing the idea to developing a finished device that can be used within the field. So like normally the process for anything like this in creation of medical devices would take an awful long time. Normally you would have, you know, hundreds of engineers and medical practitioners working for a number of years in a highly regulated environment to create this sort of medical interventions. But with COVID in particular, we need these interventions now. There's a shortage of ventilators now, not in six months time. There's a shortage of PPE now, not in six months time. So what we were trying to do is we're trying to follow as regulated a process as possible. So, you know, we validate initial concepts. We do initial testing. We have constant input from medical and frontline staff, um, regulatory bodies, uh, health services, that sort of stuff. And we try and develop as as rigidly as we possibly can, but with an awareness that these things are needed now. So, you know what I mean? It's like a super accelerated proposal and kind of development process. So, you know, some things are more complicated than others. So for the ventilator project, we have groups all around the world dealing with rolling lockdowns and accessibility of materials. So that's taking a while to get up and going, and that will be an awful lot more regulated, whereas the OSVX group doing the face shields have already started producing face shields that they've connected with distribution networks and there's face shields and some of the people that have volunteered for our network have produced that have been used in hospitals in Ireland already. That is fantastic that the results of this open source movement is now being seen on the ground in hospitals. That is a fantastic result. Um, you touched there, Colin, on regulation. How have you found working within the parameters of what I imagine is very strict medical device regulation? So, yeah, it, it is a very regulated process, but also there's never been a greater need for them before. And again, they're needed soon and urgently. So, you know, working around traditional medical device regulations is very time consuming and laborious. But if you need an emergency ventilator for for example, you don't have any other choice. Countries and health services have started the process of deregulating specific aspects. So the US in particular have signed in like humanitarian care provisions in which doctors can use any sort of non-regulated technologies if they think it will keep people alive. And then things like the UK and the government body in the UK have set baseline requirements on how to regulate DIY or open source ventilator projects. And then, you know, as the situation worsens, I expect in specific countries will probably start loosening those regulations and rules if the situation gets really, really out of hand. I think that's quite positive that there are more provisions and there is a loosening around these regulations to get more devices being used because, as you said, the demand is now. Um, you mentioned earlier around that there are now face shields being used in Irish hospitals. What other milestones has the open source ventilator movement achieved in the past number of weeks? So, so far in the space of just over two weeks with the design team we have in Canada and a load of other engineers spread around the world, we've gone through 13 different design concepts. So they've generated 13 different design concepts. 
Three of them showed really good high potential. So they are currently being prototyped and iterated in locations around the world. And the way we see it is, well, our desire is to make a safe device, number one. So, I mean, what we want to do over the next few days, we want the prototypes to be finished. We want to test them to get solid scientific data out of them to prove that the concepts we're working on will be of help and will also be safe. And then if that happens, we'll then, once we get that data, we will then start on adding the extra features that were required to make it function to a high level of performance. We'll start engaging with regulatory bodies and organizations, and then we'd start engaging with manufacturers to try and develop them on a larger scale. So there's lots of little kind of, you know, very necessary points that we have mm -hmm. to hit on the way, and we have no guarantee of hitting any of them. But, you know, we're working on it as fast as we can with as many people as we can in a very challenging global environment of rolling lockdowns and difficulty sourcing materials. So our development being open source and being global has meant that our development can shift and move around the world. So we have groups of people and volunteers working on it in the US. We've had discussions with groups of people working on similar interventions in India, in Africa, in South America, all around Europe. So there's an awful lot of projects active in this space. There's probably more than 20 different open source ventilator projects running at the minute. Most of those groups are interacting and sharing information with each other. That's and great. everyone wants to rush towards a solution. You know, our project personally, we don't care what design is proven to be best. We just want to get to there as fast as possible. And as soon as we have a certified, safe, approved design, we will then support that team as much as we can and getting them made in as many places in as possible as quickly as possible that's brilliant you mentioned there that you're like working with groups in canada and across the world and that whole focus on collaboration like um what are some of like the main partnerships that you have so far with um the open source ventilator that have been really great because i know that you have partnerships you have been working with like ford and with pch international and amazon etc like how important are these partnerships and what are and how are they kind of getting involved in making this happen? Yeah, they're, they're super important. So like the main partnership is with the Open Lung team in Canada. Mm -hmm. So they're the designers. So they've been doing all the original kind of fast iteration concept designs. But yeah, we've had conversations with, you know, other projects, other groups, other universities working on similar, and then also large companies as well. So the, the flood of support we've had is amazing. You know, as you said, like we've had discussions and support from Ford. We've had discussions and support with Tata in India, with Amazon in the US, with PCH in Ireland and in China. So an awful lot of these companies are willing and have the capacity to help. So, you know, we are waiting before we engage fully with them. And, you know, until we have a final validated concept there. And, you know, it might not be ours, as I said. Once there is a final validated concept, we will then work with them to get whatever that concept is made as quickly as we can. So, you know, they are our kind of stretch goals. They will help us accelerate to getting whatever a functional solution is out into the world as quickly as possible. But we're not at that stage yet. In terms of kind of building out those partnerships, you know, was that a difficult thing to do? Or did you find that there was, they were quite eager to kind of get involved? Yeah, yeah, like all of the companies that we've got support from and all of the groups want to tackle the problem. You know, it's like this is a global issue that affects yeah. everybody. So, you know, all of the companies who are, they came to us, you know, we started initial conversations with them and the support from them has been amazing. So, yeah, like it's, there's never really been a scenario, maybe apart from the Second World War, when all of these companies and groups and organizations are coming together to fight for a common cause. Like, you know, we want to 
minimize the effect that this virus will have on top of the humanity as a whole. So yeah, everyone that we've worked with so far have, has been excellent. They've given us huge amounts of support. They're on the end of a phone if we ever need to discuss or we need their support or development in anything. So yeah, their support has been amazing. You know, that really encapsulates the sense of community globally to solve a problem and be proactive together. Like starting out, did you expect that level of support for the open source ventilator? We didn't really know at that stage we needed any support. Like, you know, we started the project to say, look, there has to be something to be done here. We only wanted to at least, our base goal was we wanted to try and do something. So, you know, if all, like, if all we succeed in doing from now on in is we built a community, we tried to develop solutions and we contributed some decent information and knowledge to the problem, we'll be happy. But, you know, when we started it, we never really knew it was very early in Ireland in particular when coronavirus was biting, so we never really knew the effect it would have on daily life. And then also we didn't know how many people around the world, whether they're in isolation or they're on lockdown, were willing to contribute their time and effort to kind of help us for the overall project. Like So yeah, we, we could, I don't think any team or any group that's working in this open source space to do a COVID would have expected the outpouring of support that came. Colin, I have to say, I think it's incredibly powerful what the open source ventilator and all our open source groups globally have achieved, not only in terms of the technology achievements, but in terms of mobilizing a global network of innovators to use our technology expertise to drive towards a social good, which it's an incredible feat in itself. Um, But innovation has very much been at the heart of your career in terms of mobilizing innovation across different groups and organizations and that's something which you're also doing with your business Sapium which you co-founded with um, David Pollard would you like to tell us a little bit more about that yeah yeah so like what we've done what we do with Sapium and what I've done in my career for the last couple of years Mm. has been in the space of innovation so we work with universities companies have like government organizations government bodies to help them start their internal innovation processes. So, you know, be it initial innovation training or scale up of innovation projects or project support in that specific space or even like product and innovation. So I worked in that space a good bit. But yeah, I think in in particular now, I think people have realized that, you know, it's not just up to companies or tech companies to solve these problems, that everyone has the capacity to be innovative. So, you know, time at home, a certain level of uncomfort, uncomfortableness, you know, people are kind of uncertain. The world has never been like this before. There's no clear path ahead. So whenever that occurs, you generally have an upswell of innovation because people want to try and solve this large problem. So yeah, like it's, this is kind of as terrible as the global situation around the virus is. It's encouraged an awful lot of people then to kind of rally behind the general cause to work for better. So whether that's, you know, networks of people in local communities um, doing shopping for elderly people that have to be cocooned, or if it is online communities working freely on the distribution of PPE or anything of that sort, it's really shown people that no matter where you are, whether you're at home, whether you're in work, where you're based in the world, that they can have a an innovative impact on society around What I've seen myself is an increased number of virtual hack funds where you're seeing communities of people coming together, not only in Ireland, but globally, to find solutions to the problems that people now face from the COVID-19 situation, such as healthcare, such as remote working. 
Now of many innovators at home with ideas that have previously just been incubating, what advice would you give these people who now want to put these ideas into action? Yeah, yeah. So the advice is just to try it. You know what I mean? It's So, yeah, I'm kind of torn on this one as well. A lot of people are at home and have time on their hands, but mm. there should never be external pressure put on anyone to achieve anything while they're on lockdown. You know what I mean? It's a very stressful situation for everyone. So, you know what I mean? You see, um, you, you, you see it online, you know, people say, now's the time to test your idea. If you don't test it now, you have no excuse. I don't believe that. You know what I mean? It's a very stressful scenario. So if you can't be productive or do any work, perfectly understandable. It's never, you've never been in a situation like this before. But if you are at home and you do have the time and you've always had that burning idea in the back of your head to say, oh, I wonder if I had built this website or I wonder if I had built that computer game or how about if I'd set up this company? Now's the time to try it. You know what I mean? The world is kind of paused the pace of development and progress externally has slowed down. So now you have the time to test and build these solutions. So now is the best time to ever do it. So just do it, you know, join communities online, send your idea into the hackathon, build a kind of team of other like-minded people and just give it a try. You know what I mean? There's, there's not a huge amount of other things to occupy your time now at the minute when you're <laughs> at home. So you might as well give it a go there. And if you don't have, if you don't think you have everything you need to do it yourself, go looking online, on social media, wherever it may be, for people to help you do that. And I'm guarantee you'll find the people to help you do it. Colin, you made a very valuable point there that people shouldn't feel like they have to do something or test an idea or put themselves under any sort of pressure given the situation we are in. But most importantly, to be kind to themselves in this time. I think what has been evident through projects such as the Open Source Ventilator is the strength of community and the willingness of people to come together, combine their skills and solve a problem, which really, when you look at it, is at the heart and the nature of entrepreneurship. Exactly, yeah. Tackling complicated problems. And now the world has been presented a very complicated global problem and people want to solve it. So they're trying. And that, like... Regardless of what happens, the fact that they're trying is the bit I like the most. Success yeah. is irrelevant. You know, failure is guaranteed for anyone that works in the tech sector or startup land. You are going to have failures as you go along. That doesn't matter. At least you tried to do it. And you'll be surprised at how often you don't fail on the process of trying. But yeah, if you fail, it's part of the process. Embrace it, learn from it and try it again. Go again. Colin, I could not agree more. And this is a really important point for any person out there who has an idea for a business or a startup or just a project that they've always wanted to do. Do not let the fear of failure or it not working out stop you from doing it. Even if you, if you do your project or idea and it doesn't work out, you don't get the result that you want, you will learn so much from just engaging in that process that you can then carry forward in whatever you do next. And that learning is invaluable. So Colin, I'm really glad you touched on that failure point because it's so, so important for people to hear. And I'm gonna move on to my final question now, Colin, and I'll let you go. Um, what do you hope or see coming out of the open source ventilator over the coming weeks? So I'd like to see, well, you know, on, in an ideal world, everything going well, yeah. one of the teams will hit a really good, safe solution. And then as soon as that happens and that gets justified and verified and approved by medical practitioners in the world, which I hope it will be, um, 
then I'd like to see all of the groups that are working on it kind of come together to finalize and refine that design and get them made and distributed to places as much as possible. So like anyone that wants to contribute to it, your insight and your effort is the most appreciated element. So you know, you can join our Slack channel, you can join any of the other projects working on the same thing, reach out to them. Any of the true open source ones will allow you to join and contribute and commit your knowledge and effort to the team. So just go looking for one if you think you can help and extend the offer of you helping and then, yeah, do whatever you can to try and push towards that solution. And even if you can't do that, then do it on a more local level. You know, if, if there is if there is an elderly person that lives nearby, offer them the offer to go and collect their shopping for them so they can stay at home, you know, that sort of thing. And even at a bare minimal, be just be nice to people. You know, it is a very stressful time. People are trying to... They've maybe lost their jobs. Maybe they're working from home. They're afraid of illness. They're caring for others. You know, it is a very stressful time. So at a bare minimum, just be be nice to each other. Be aware that the world is a strange place at the minute and try and be nice to everyone as much as you possibly can. Colin, what a positive note to end on. And for anyone out there who wants to learn more about the open source ventilator, you can do so by going to opensourceventilator.ie where you can learn more about the project, the team that's involved, and most importantly, how to get involved yourself if you wish to do so. Again, Colin, thank you so much for joining me on the very first episode Excellent. of my new podcast. And for everyone who has joined in, thank you too. And keep an eye out on my social media for information on my next episode and who my next guest will be. So thank you.